Switch it up, my selector. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I know you're gonna dig this. Happy Monday, everyone. A is Maestro A, along with my partner, Kenny T, out here in New York City, uptown, ready to talk some boxing. How's it going, Kenny? Pretty good, brother. Always good. Can't complain. You already know. Good thing. Happy to be here, man. So we had a big weekend of boxing that just happened. We've got an even bigger weekend of boxing coming ahead. Kenny's shaking his head. Uh, why don't we just get started with that one? We'll get started with the Shakur Stevenson fight. He took on a guy from Namibia. Not a lot of people have heard of this dude, Jeremiah Nakathila. And Kenny, the general consensus around this fight is that it was pretty boring, that Shakur Stevenson has all of the skills needed to dispatch of a guy like Nakathila, but is very defensively minded. Uh, is adverse to throwing punches in bunches, throwing combinations. He likes to pot shot his guys. I went in at length about this yesterday on uh, Ringside Reporter. Actually, it was a special edition of Beating the Odds with Beeb with my man Joe Habib. But, Kenny, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Shakur Stevens's win and kind of where you see him going now as a uh, contender at 130 pounds. Actually, I think he won an interim championship for, for what that's worth. Oh, man. Uh, it was definitely a boring fight night. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Uh, uh, I think he's great defensively. He definitely won that fight convincingly, but uh, he's just he's just not doing enough, I, I feel. he For me, he's like a, a, a another Devin Haney, you know, a dude who's afraid to get hit, a dude who got soft hands, a dude who does his best Mayweather impression with the in and out, in and out, little shoulder roll, spin the guy around a little bit, give him one pop shot. It, it just, he's too young to be doing that. You know, as we stated before, Devin Haney, uh, uh, before he, before Floyd became money, he was pretty boy. And when he was pretty boy, he was knocking people the fuck out, like viciously. So, yeah, yeah. I, I do think it was a boring fight. I do think he should have disposed of Nakathelia. Um, he should have definitely not been afraid. And after the fight, he was making excuses, saying that he didn't feel too good going into the fight. And and uh, the excuses rubbed me the wrong way. Just take it as it is. Well, it's it's interesting because he's clearly very skillful. He's got guys like Tim Bradley and Andre Ward on the ESPN broadcast, guys whose opinion I respect a lot, and guys who tout this dude as like one of the biggest talents in the sport coming from Bradley and Ward. I mean, that's a tremendous accolade. The thing is with Shakur as I've seen it so far is that he really has difficulty establishing his dominance on the inside. Um, he doesn't tie up his guys, let alone inside fight. And I was saying this yesterday with Joe, one of the advantages of, well, there's actually a number of advantages of, of tying your opponent up. One, you break up his rhythm. Two, it's a defensive mechanism that stops you from getting hit. But three, it also allows you to kind of wear your opponent down, you know, squeezing on his arms, weighing, weighing down his shoulders. Uh, he didn't do any of that. He didn't really fight on the inside. And it was like one punch at a time, almost like a Taekwondo fight where it's like you hit a guy, then you retreat. Then you start again. Then you hit a guy. Then you retreat. Uh, boxing is actually usually about combination punching. So I, I kind of see, Kenny, what you're saying when you're talking about Devin Haney. It's two guys who we have a lot of respect for in terms of their talent, but who may not always uh, live up to that in terms of their performances. And I'm just going to share the knock knockdown. It was a knockdown, yes, but it also seemed to me at least – to be at least a little bit uh, of the guy being off balance, uh, of the guy not necessarily getting hit with a hard shot. Kind of getting slapped. And you could see it. 
to me, it was more of a cuffing kind of blow, like a like a extended arm slap than a really hard shot. What were your thoughts there, Kenny? I agree with you. I couldn't agree anymore. It, it, it seemed like uh, the guys, the, the weight that he threw with that punch, he tried to put his everything in that punch. He was trying to get a knockdown on Stevenson himself, and it seemed like he just threw his whole body weight along with it. He was leaned forward already. And he just got kind of like, you know, a little, a little slap punch on the side of the face. And because of that, the ref called it a knockdown. It is a knockdown by definition. Is it the type of knockdown that we want to see? Definitely not. I would also like to say that I do think that Shakur Stevenson got a little stunned in that fight. There was a moment where he started running around the ring for like a good maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and he, he smiled at one point, and it's the same smile that Devin Haney did when he got buzzed himself and he went back to the court. He was like, I'm all right, I'm good, I'm good, I'm all right. No, he def- it seemed like he definitely got buzzed a little bit. Well, it looked like he really respected Nakatila's punching power. And Nakatila did go into the fight. You know, he only had one loss. That loss was in Russia to a Russian opponent. It was a split decision. I didn't see the fight but uh, or score the fight, I should say. But I'm sure an argument could be made that, it, you know, it could have gone the other way. That's usually the case with split decisions. But it was almost as if he was respecting the power too much because Nakatila telegraphs his shots. It's obvious when he's throwing the right hand. He was a one-trick pony, so to speak. No disrespect to the brother. But he didn't really offer up anything else in terms of a left hook, in terms of uppercuts. It was a straight left and not really much more than that. And you really would have expected a guy with Shakur's defensive skills and timing and reflexes to be able to read that, uh, to have confidence in his reaction abilities, uh, to counter that, and to really go at it and kind of throw, uh, as I said, throw combination punches which he wasn't uh, really willing to do. So moving forward, I would like to see him get a little bit more offensively minded because guess what? Jamal, uh, Jamel Heron is a big guy for 130, as we saw against Frampton. And we have seen the tremendous boxing ability of Valdez and his punching power in the way he absolutely flattened, uh, you know, um, uh, his opponent in, in the last fight. So, yeah. Uh, any last thoughts? Same thing you just said. I like to see more punches and bunches. He seems like he he can land at will whenever he wants. He was landing nice body shots. He was landing nice jabs, nice hooks like to the face. He was landing everything that he wanted at will. Just put it together and don't land one punch at a time. Stop being afraid to get hit. Yeah. I mean, uh, Valdez showed it against Burchell. He went in there kind of fearless, but I think he's got confidence in his chin and his ability to take a punch because he went right in there within the lion's den with uh, Miguel Burchell and scored a vicious knockout after landing multiple powerful shots and dropping the guy multiple times. So that was a spectacular performance at 130. I think we can all agree that Shakur's performance was not that. So moving to the undercard, we saw uh, Jose Pedraza take on Julian Rodriguez. Uh, he earned an eighth-round TKO victory. I just think it was too much too soon for Rodriguez. Uh, Pedraza is still only 32 years old. He's got a lot of fight left in him, I think. Uh, I'd like to see him get another shot at the title at 140. He's clearly a good boxer. He's clearly rebounded, in my eyes, since being brutally stopped at lightweight uh, uh by uh, Gervonta Davis. Um, I think he's he's much better now that he's filled in at 140. What are your thoughts on on um, Pedraza, Kenny? I agree. He looks solid. Uh, uh, he, he looked like a completely different fighter than when he fought Tank. You know, uh, I would like to see maybe Shakur. Well, uh, that's a different way, I guess. But, you know, so, like I would like to see one of these younger fighters that that are coming up, like maybe a Devin Haney, right? Uh, 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 maybe challenge themselves against a guy like Burchell. You know, yeah. he he seemed he seemed very very solid. He seemed very, much more comfortable than he did in the in the Tank Davis fight. In the Tank Davis fight, he did seem like he was semi running around, like running scared a little bit, like he was afraid of that power. Now that he got uh, obliterated in that fight, it seems like he's more so willing to trade, I guess? Yeah, I think he's filled in. I think he's not a, a you know a deer on Bambi legs at the new weight. I think he's solid. 
And he's got the skills uh, to completely outclass guys like he did uh, in Rodriguez on Saturday. So, you know, I'd like to see him get a rematch with Zepeda. Zepeda did not look that great in his last outing. I mean, he obviously scored that amazing knockout in that amazing fight with Baranchik. Let's see that again. I, I'd like to see Pedraza get a rematch there because it was a pretty decent and in, in close fight. So also on the undercard was uh, Zander Zayas. He improves. Uh, he's always looking good. That one was on ESPN+. Plus. Um, you know, he, he fought another guy that he should beat, but he did look good against them. And uh, more uh, of that should be coming our way in terms of Xander Zayas. Uh, so... Let's before we get on to the topic of the day, Kenny, let's talk about the Ritzen performance against the Argentinian opponent Ponce uh, out there in Newcastle in England on Saturday. He got totally dominated. Uh, Ponce came in, established his dominance from the beginning, dropped him with that body shot and was just unrelenting, didn't take a backward step, was doing what we said Shakur didn't do. And what I mean is he was combination punching. I mean, they weren't spectacular combinations, but they were vicious. They had intent, and I felt he dominated the fight. Now, let's flash forward to the eighth uh, when the – I believe it was the eighth when the knockdown occurred, and something happens that you don't really see a lot in boxing, Kenny, and I want to get your opinion on this. Ritson's trainer, his father, said enough is enough here. It was actually the 10th round, sorry, and threw in the towel – uh, the referee picked up the towel and threw it out of the ring uh, to give Ritson another shot. He later explained that he did this because it was a body shot and he felt that Ritson could use some time to see if he could recover. What were your thoughts on that, Kenny? You know, I I, I do agree with the ref that it didn't look that serious, like the fight could have potentially gone on, but it's not the referee's decision is the decision of the corner and the fighter whether they want their fighter to continue. And the towel went in, and the referee has to respect that. And that man needs to go back to school. What if something would have happened to that fighter? Yeah, it's interesting because we are always told only the referee can stop the fight. But at what point do we uh, not respect the trainer or the doctor? I mean, if a doctor or trainer is telling you to stop the fight, I mean, you really should stop the fight. Ritson went on to absorb more damage. Uh, luckily, they weren't headshots because Ponce knew he hurt him to the body and it was mostly body work. But he clearly, to me, didn't have a path to victory. His trainer also believed that. And I agree with you. I think the referee should definitely respect the corner. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was talking about this with Joe yesterday, and I couldn't remember another time when I, this had happened. He actually brought up the Yuri Foreman Cotto fight, which took place right here in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium, where that happened. Uh, I don't know if that if it was Smoger in that fight, Nando. By the way, shout out to Nando, Tracy, D Style, and everyone else in the chat. I think that might be the fight that uh, Nando's referring to. But yeah, uh, he absolutely refused the towel in that one as well. So I agree with you on that one, Kenny. So topic of the day. Last week, we got into a discussion because we sought to define the term lineal, uh, linear, too, and we discussed both of those terms and what they meant. We got to the end of the discussion with, I, I felt I understood what lineal means, but people still had questions about it. This week, we're going to talk about another term that comes up a lot in boxing, and that term is fanboy. Now, we used to be on another show. Um, you were, apparently there was a flood of emails to the Gmail account of that show calling you a fanboy. I don't know if I necessarily believe that one, Kenny, but fanboy has been something that we've been talking about, uh, since that time. Why don't you share your thoughts on the term fanboy? Let me hear what you think first before, before I go off on this. All right. So I'm going to read out a definition of fanboy. But before I do that, I'm going to give my definition of it. So a fanboy is essentially someone that rides so hard for a fighter, uh, riding what? Uh, we don't need to get into that, but they ride so hard for the fighter that they will not acknowledge that the fighter has done anything wrong, that the fighter has, has experienced any flaws. Uh, 
the fighter's perfect, you know, they'll make excuses for the fighter. I, I can name fighters that I think have a lot of fanboys in boxing. A Triple G to me has a lot of fanboys. Um, so much so that they were like just saying all kinds of outlandish stuff about Canelo, even after he pretty much established that he didn't take performance enhancing drugs, they still make that claim about him. Uh, Deontay Wilder definitely has his fanboys. Uh, they couldn't accept the loss to, uh, to Fury. Uh, there was egg weights. There was a heavy suit. There was spiked water. Uh, there was dents in heads. There was all, all types of stuff. And uh, obviously, I think Floyd has his fanboys. I think Manny has his fanboys, too. Uh, it's just guys that cannot observe the sport objectively because they ride for their guys so hard. That That is my, like, very layman's definition of fanboy. What about you? Uh, hmm. it, it, see, when it comes to boxing, when it comes to any sport that uh, we do not perform, that we watch, everybody is a fan. Technically, everybody is a fanboy or a fangirl, depending on your gender. You're a fan. You you don't perform it. You watch it. You're a fan. It so. When you, when you ask me, the term fanboy doesn't mean shit. The term fanboy is something that is used by somebody to hate on a fan of another person. It's a, it's a way to try to talk down to somebody for being a fan of a specific fighter. And technically, we're all fans. So it, to me, it's just all stupidity. Like, n- nobody, everybody who watches the show, everybody who does a podcast about boxing, everybody who goes and does the 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 the, the reports and, and the, the live views of boxing, we're all fans. So are we all fanboys and fangirls? Or, 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 or is that just somebody sucking somebody else's mm because uh, they like a specific fighter or a specific fighter style? Well, what I, what I will say to this, too, is it's generally also applied to people in the media that are supposed to be objective, but who clearly are not. Uh, I've called out different people in the past for being haters, especially of fighters that I really like. One, especially in Rigondo. He had a lot of haters in the media. And a lot of those medias would de- media types would then back guys who fought very similarly in terms of being defensively focused. And I would have said that those are... Uh, fanboys. Well, I'll go to the definition, Kenny. Fanboy, a male fan, especially one who is obsessed about comics, movies, music, or science fiction. So that that is uh, uh, the definition of a fanboy, at least from dictionary. Um, what, what, what and one of these dictionaries that uh, it, it came up from? Oh, the Oxford Dictionary. All right, so that's from the Oxford Dictionary. So I, I guess it's applied to like people that go to. You know, the Ninja Turtles movies is like a 35-year-old dressed up as the Ninja Turtles. Comic-Con attendees. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, boxing fans, I think the term is purposely used in a derogatory way to try to, like you said, kind of discredit the fan or a fan of having an opinion about a guy that they really like. Like, look... I'll just return to my understanding of it, whether it's right or wrong. Again, I see it as someone who cannot objectively analyze what's going on in the ring, um, you know, and who makes excuses for their fighters. That's my personal definition. I mean, it's subjective, right? uh, Because, for example, uh, what... like is a fanboy and hater, right? So, so a hater is a person who can always discredits a boxer. A fanboy is a person who always bigs up a, a specific boxer, right? Uh, um, and like I said, to me, fanboy is just a way to hate on another person. You, 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 you're, you're like, like, you're. For example, I'll, I'll bring it right, right forward. I got, I got called a fanboy because uh, uh, I said that Deontay Wilder was gonna win in the second fight by knockout against Tyson Fury. I said that, and 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 I had facts. I had specific reasons as to why I thought that he was gonna win. Never did I say, well, you know, uh, he's the baddest man on the planet, <laughs> and I love him. And <laughs> you know, like to me, this is all stupidity. So, so uh, uh, someone specifically called me a fanboy, and and all these other rumors and discrediting shit came my way regarding uh me stating my opinion my facts as to why i thought that deontay wilder had the chance of winning 
Why did that come my way? Because the other person was so convinced that Tyson Fury was going to win this fight. Tyson Fury won the fight. Amazing. Congratulations. Everybody has a has an opinion. Everybody can state whatever it is that they feel like they, they want to state. My opinion was that Deontay Wilder was going to win. And I had my facts behind it. I had my points behind it. I wasn't just saying, well, you know, uh, he's the baddest man on the planet. He got the hardest punch in boxing. Uh, uh, he's faster. Uh, I actually had facts behind it. So the reason this term fanboy bothers me so much is because like I said, it's just a way to discredit somebody from liking another boxer. I, I let, for, I'm a fanboy to boxing, period, if that's the case. I, so, I watch almost every fight that comes up every Saturday. So it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Is it fair to say that the Wilder fans that were pushing the glove gate and the Mark Breland spiked his water, it's unfair to call those guys fanboys? Uh, it's... It, look, everybody has their own opinion, right? Do we have proof? Do do we have proof on this Deontay Wilder shit? No, we don't. There's no proof for it or against it. So everybody can stand on whatever side of it that they want to stand. Me, I don't believe the shit. But that's my opinion. Just like those people who are called fanboys, they believe the shit. Yeah. So I think I think that is where our definitions just deviate. Uh, you essentially think that everybody's a fan? And the fanboys use to discredit people, uh, oftentimes when they're making good arguments about things. To me, I think it's unfair to call an objective person, someone like you, who is making a very educated, you know, uh, systematic uh, prediction about why Wilder would win. I think it's unfair to call you a fanboy for that, but I do think it's totally appropriate to call people that literally just cap for, for guys and make excuses for them fanboys, personally. Um, you, you will never hear me use the term fanboy. Yeah. Never, never. I've never called anybody a fanboy. You will never hear me call anybody a fanboy. Like I just said, I guess I'm a fanboy to boxing. I'm a fanboy to basketball. I'm a fanboy to women, shit. <laughs> well, D-Style said it himself. The flood doesn't lie. He's referring to the flood of emails. Um, <laughs> emails, people calling you a fanboy. All right, so look, let's get back into some boxing talk real quick, uh, specific to fights. Crazy weekend ahead of us. Absolutely crazy. A lot of boxing fans this weekend are going to have to be the, kind of deciding what they want to watch, why they want to watch it. Uh, I guess there's a lot of people you know, uh, celebrating the emancipation of, of the slaves here in the United States and celebrating Juneteenth because we have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five boxing cards this weekend taking place on five different platforms. Two of those are pay-per-view. One is a streaming service and the other two are uh, television channels. I'm talking obviously about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. against Hector Camacho. Sorry, Sr. against Hector Camacho Jr. Uh, that's on pay-per-view. We've got Jaime Munguia against Camille Zerometa. That's taking place on the zone. We've got Jermel Charlo against Juan Mas uh, Macias uh, Montiel. That's going to be on Showtime. We've got Noya Inoue against Michael Desmarinas. That's on ESPN. And if that wasn't enough, they're throwing another pay-per-view at us on Triller, no less. Teofimo Lopez against George Cambosis Jr. for the disputed, undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Kenny, your thoughts? They're idiotic, right? Let me explain why I say this. Why battle each other for TV airtime, right? And when you could just put on a major show together, scratch all of the uh, all of the four and six round undercard fights, take all the big main events, put them on one card, and all these uh, different networks could air it on their networks. They could hire, for example, this uh, I don't. There was this stupid YouTube versus TikTokers uh, uh, boxing thing that was going on this past weekend. I saw some amazing things from there, not the boxing, but some amazing things that they do to promote their show that if boxing did, boxing would be in a much greater platform. They had 
people like DJ Khaled coming out, uh, 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 just amping up the show and amping out the crowd. They had specific rappers coming out in between. May, like, I know we all want to see the sport. We all want to see boxing, but not the entire world is a box. Our boxing fans like us. Some people want to see entertainment. Some people want to go out for a good time. And if you add performers of different genres in between fights, that would be great. So, for example, if these five platforms came together and aired aired it on all of their platforms or uh, without pay-per-view, ain't nobody gives a shit about pay-per-view. And and if the extra money that they're that they're paying to have their individual uh, fight cards on their individual channels, if they paid some of these artists to come perform in between specific fights and stuff like that, the crowd would be much grander. Matter of fact, they could probably all make it one single pay-per-view, which a lot of people will be happier to pay because it's a, a, a ton of major fights. I, I, imagine the, the all the top title fights, including the, the two female title fights that are happening, all on the same card. That's six or seven card fights on one card on one major platform that will be aired all around the world or the U.S. in, in different locations and, and uh, uh, actually around the world because uh, Inouye's fight, right? So it would just make sense for these people to partner up, uh, find a way to split these profits instead of uh, filling up fight cards with fights that nobody gives a shit about. Well, it's funny because I went from being like a huge, huge fan of Teofimo's fight going to Triller. That was my initial reaction because I'm like, wow, I love fighters. I'm all about the boxers getting paid. And it's obviously a career-high payday for him because it went to first bid. Triller came in ahead of, of Eddie Hearn, Matchroom, and obviously Bob Arum, who put in a super low-ball offer, right? And obviously it's a career-high for George Cambosis Jr. as well. But then I started to think from the perspective of the fans. And I think it was Nando who first had me, like, that. give me that light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? That is another pay-per-view that people are going to have to fight uh, pay for. And initially, we thought it was going to be $50. Now it's going to be $60. I believe it's going to be $60. And honestly, I'm going to predict this right now. I think this pay-per-view is going to be a flop. I think a lot of people aren't going to watch it. And the reason I say that is, one, a lot of people think that Teofimo is going to steamroll this dude. And we can talk about that after. All right. Despite the fact that this guy, Gambosis, is super confident I mean, you you hear him talk, you think there's no way he's going to lose this fight. Uh, but people think it's a it's a it's a mismatch. Is he's going to roll steamroll to do? That's one. Uh, number two, it's on pay per view, which already causes a lot of people just to say, ah, you know what? I'll watch the highlights the following morning, or ah, you know what? I'll find a stream. Number three, come on now, we got four different uh, cards taking place that are counter-programming this, including Jamal Charlo, who, let's face it, is one of the most talented fighters in the world. People want to see him fight. Including the monster Inouye, who everyone ranks as one of the most talented fighters in the sport. It, and, and then on top of it, I forgot to mention this, and you were very critical of this, they moved off of the date which was originally last two Saturdays ago um, because of the Floyd-Logan fight. And now they've put it to counter-program four other cards. I, I got to agree with what you said originally, Kenny. That just did not make much sense uh, from the outset. It, it, it does uh, in some way feel like uh, uh, the Mayweather camp or the money team, Mayweather Productions, like they have something against the Ophimo. Uh Beforehand, it really didn't seem like that, but the council programming, I guess, made it seem that way. And then they started beefing and talking about each other in negative ways. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was very stupid anyway because the fight didn't even end up happening that Saturday. The, the the Mayweather exhibition ended up happening on Sunday, and it just didn't make sense for them to move. They should have just kept it that Saturday. They would have had maximum viewership. Everybody probably would have been watching the fight, and and I think they messed up by council programming with, with all these other fights, like. Now you're competing with not one fight that I guess the most popular boxer in the world at this point, because he's not the best anymore. He's old. So I would say he's probably the most popular boxer in the world. Um, 
it's just it's just a major a, a major fuck up if you ask me. Not now they got to bat, battle uh four other fight cards with uh several other title fights happening and you know it just doesn't make sense in my opinion. So a couple programming notes just before uh, I, I give my thoughts again. Number one, I uh, want to thank everyone that's here with us. JC, Bruce Ghost, Chicano Prophet, Nando, Tracy Boxing Girl, thank you so much for joining us. G-Funky Boxing, Combat Sports Media, Mad Chad, always a pleasure to have you guys with us. Uh, Denise Wards, thank you for joining us as well. D-Style Boxing, and I know I missed a few. Uh, second thing... Uh, make sure you check out Hispanics Causing Panic. 8CP Uncensored is going to take uh, take place right after this broadcast. It's going to be taking place on G-Funky Boxing. Uh, most of you are probably subscribed to G-Funky Boxing. If you are not, make sure you check it out. I'm going to drop the link to that at the end of the show. Uh, support G-Funky Boxing. He's one of the best out there doing it. I call my man G-Funk Stradamus because he's that good at picking the fights. So, yeah, back to this thing, though, on, on Saturday. A lot of these uh, cards that are taking place um, are going to pull a lot of eyeballs away from Teofimo Lopez. They just are. And I'm going to ask people in the chat to rank uh, maybe the top three of these uh, and what they'll be watching. I'm going to be honest with you. The Teofimo fight is not number one for me, Kenny. And the reason being is because it's pay-per-view. I know who's number one for you. Number one for me is Naoya Inoue. I you, knew it. <laughs> you knew what I was about to say, but the monster, I'm a, call me a fanboy. Actually, no, I'm not a fanboy because I'm objective when it comes to Inoue. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's one of the most talented guys in the sport. And it's on ESPN. I'm going to be watching it. Number two, yo, go get your free preview weekend for Showtime Sports, man, because they give out those free – those free previews uh, for the month all the time. I think sometimes they charge maybe five bucks to try Showtime. I'm a fan of Jamal Charlo. You know, I've been saying it for a long time. I want to see him tested against Triple G, tested against Canelo, tested against Andrade. But I think uh, Juan Manuel, uh, sorry, Juan Macias Montiel is going to bring it Saturday. Uh, I've watched that show on Showtime. They doubled down on something I thought. This is a guy from a great part of Mexico with a great boxing tradition with a family lineage in the fight game. He's not going to go there to embarrass himself. He is going to put on a good fight, whether he gets knocked out or doesn't. I guarantee you he's going to fight hard, and that's going to be a very good fight with Jamal Charlo. Uh, And number three, I'm going to go with with the Teofimo Lopez-George Gambosas Jr. fight because it's for the disputed, undisputed uh, championship of the world. I can't not go with uh, Jaime Munguia, uh, mostly because uh, Zerometa is kind of a last-minute uh, opponent for him. Um, I think he'll probably win that fight, although I think it probably will be engaging. But if you put that as number three, I won't I won't hate on it because if you subscribe to The Zone, that's value for money. Kenny, what are your thoughts? How do you rank these three? Um, well, whether I think he's going right, to see five, These five. Whether I think he's going to steamroll through him or not, I got uh, Teofimo versus Cambosas first. Uh, so you're, paying, you're paying the $60 fee? <laughs> <laughs> you remember what I said last week? You remember what I said last week? Okay, all right, but it's still your number one. All right, let's Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then I, after that, I got Inway versus Das Marinas, which I think is going to be a walk in the park for Inway as well. Uh, then we got Jermel Charlo and Montiel. After that, uh, I put Jaime Munguia versus TBA because we don't even know who now they announced it. <laughs> uh, and last, last, and definitely most least, the Chavez family versus some scrubs. Well, it's Camacho Jr., uh, Hector Macho Camacho's son. He used to be a fighter for a little bit, I think he fought at 140, if memory serves me correct. Uh, even had a spot on HBO, I think, once or twice. Uh, was a talented guy. I think his issues were mostly discipline, uh, ballooning up in weight. Uh, he left the sport for a minute. Um, yeah, so why he's fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., uh, I don't I don't really know. Um, 
I mean, I do see Chavez on the treadmill doing his thing. He looks like he's in tremendous shape, but I don't really think I need to see him boxing anymore. I'll definitely check out the highlights of that one, um, but I don't need to see that one live. So It's also on pay-per-view. Yeah, it's also on pay-per-view. So let me ask you something. If you were paying for the Lopez Gambosis fight, would you still rank it as number one? Uh, hmm. If you had to pay $60. Well, no, definitely not, man, because uh, uh, who wants to pay to watch something that uh, generally the network should be paying should be free for the viewer? You know what I'm saying? We don't pay for playoff championship basketball. We don't play for championship baseball. We don't play for championship football. We don't play for championship tennis. Why should we pay for for, for uh, 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 championship boxing? It just doesn't add up in my eyes. They make the, they make the viewer uh, 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 suffer as opposed to the network suffering. Well, we got some interesting results here. JC says, Inoue, Fimo, Mungia, got to respect that. Chicano Prophet, who I respect a lot, he doesn't really seem to be respecting Inoue that much. He's got uh, Jermel, followed by Mungia, followed by Teofimo, followed by Chavez, followed by Inoue last. Wow. So you'd rather pay for the pay-per-view than watch Inoue on ESPN. Interesting, for sure. Um. Nando's saying that the Beck Bully versus Gabe Rosado fight should be fun. I will be fun. I think it should be fun. Uh, Gabriel Rosado is usually in pretty competitive and entertaining fights. He usually uh, gets pretty bloody, too. Yep. I don't think the Daniel Jacobs fight was that, but I think that had as much to do with Jet Daniel Jacobs as it had to do with uh, Gabe Rosado. So J- Jacobs doesn't throw enough punches. We already know that. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see, and we'll see where his career goes. I, I don't really know what's going on with him right now. So I did want to ask you about something that was in the news, Kenny, just to get your reaction to it, which was the undisputed uh, women's champion, uh, the quote, Clarissa Shields, making her debut in MMA. Uh, did you see it? What were your thoughts? I, I, I did see it, but, but really quickly, before we do fully move on to that, I do okay. want to shout out a couple of the fights on the, uh, on the undercards over here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have uh, 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 the, the four-belt fight with Franchon Desern versus Ellen Sideros. I'll definitely be watching that. I think that's going to be a, a, a great fight, a good event. Uh, there's another one, Adam Lopez versus Isaac Dogbo. Blue Nose Lopez, yeah. Yep, yep. Isaac Dogbo, those are two exciting fighters for sure i'm definitely excited to see that one uh michael hunter's fighting let's see what he comes with right he's supposed to be uh supposedly up and coming undersized heavyweight we'll see um definitely yeah. a your weight yeah i think that's about it i don't want to see anything on the on the chavez pay-per-view <laughs> <laughs> honestly i haven't even looked into the undercard of uh of that one just yet. And yeah, next level boxing talk. Uh, he's shouting out Blue Nose versus Isaac Dogbe. Uh, good Ghanaian fighter. Unfortunately, took a loss to Navarrete, but he can come back. He's he's a solid dude. And I want to shout out next level boxing talk, too, because, I, again, I said this to him on Twitter a few weeks ago. I'm a man that admits when I'm wrong. He was all the way right about Teofimo's move to uh, Triller. Uh, and kind of what that meant for the fans. And also, he, in Teofimo, let's talk about this for a second, Kenny, went back to Bob, went back uh, to Masa Bob and re-upped on that contract. Uh, Kenny, what were your thoughts on Teo reing up on, on his comp- contract with Top Rank? It's idiotic. The guy was talk- just talking trash about you for several weeks. I- I, like I told you several times before, uh, Bob is a slave master, and he got Teofimo and Terrence Crawford doing slave-type shit, dumb shit that makes no fucking sense. Uh, like I said, uh, whoever wants to really uh, uh, really get some championship matches and be treated well should go over to PBC or sign under Eddie Hearn and get the fuck away from top rank. I don't even know how ESPN associates himself with top rank. Next Level Boxing Talk is saying it wasn't a re-up. I believe that he did a contract extension. Uh, if I'm wrong about that, i got to relook at the reporting. But I think it was 
uh, said that he extended his contract with Top Rank, that he upped the minimum that he's going to receive in each of his fights. Uh, I think it's very interesting that Teo and his father are saying that they're only fighting on pay-per-view moving forward. I don't really think that's good for the fans. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how the Chiller pay-per-view does. I don't um, think it's good for their publicity either. But I believe that what Top Ring wants to do is to stage a rematch with uh, Lomachenko in the fall after this fight. I believe what Teofimo's been talking about is the fight that I'd like to see, which is him against Devin Haney. Just could clear up things at 135 pounds. You got two young guns uh, taking each other on uh, to kind of resolve this whole is he undisputed or is he not argument. And um, I also know that uh, Teofimo has his eyes set on Josh Taylor at 140 pounds to be the kind of first two-division undisputed world champion. So um, that that's my understanding of the situation. If I am wrong, I'm going to read out what uh, Next Level saying. He's saying it was a reworking of an existing contract and tell that guy he doesn't know a thing about top rank. So oh, I think we got we got a top rank fan. About that guy is talking about you, Kenny. I, I know he's definitely talking about me. We got a top rank fan, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody yeah. has an opinion, like I said. Yeah. So let's talk Clarissa Shields. Let's circle back to that. She made her MMA debut. Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, oof. I, I think she showed a hell of a lot of heart. She showed that she's a very strong woman. Uh, doesn't give up easy. And she shows that she got a hell of a lot of punching power next to these MMA ladies. She went from two to five minutes. To me, that's extremely impressive. One of the things I judge about female boxing most is uh, championship fights are only 10 rounds and each round is two minutes. That's about one of the, like, how you, how you take the last minute off of every round. That's where most of the knockouts and most of the actions happen. Uh, I'd rather see it be like MMA. So we got Next Level Boxing Talk. Yeah, hit us up, Next Level. You can call in 718-618-4284, 718-618-4284. Or if you'd prefer to be on video, I can actually drop the link here in the chat. Uh, if you prefer to come in that way, feel free to do that as well. So you can call in or you can click in and join us uh, for the discussion. Uh, Clarissa Shields was impressive to me. I was a little less impressed, Kenny, to be honest, once I saw that the lady she fought was two and six going into that fight. Uh, so she had a losing record in MMA. But to me, Clarissa Shields showed that she's got tremendous strength, especially lower body strength and upper body. I was very impressed with her lower body strength. Tremendous toughness. Uh, she's resilient. And she's also got great cardio because she was fighting for five-minute rounds. As you said, female boxing is not three-minute rounds. It's two-minute rounds. She went five minutes, uh, including a lot of wrestling on the ground, which takes a lot of cardio. So I was I was impressed by that. Uh, shout out to Tony Boswell. Thank you so much for joining us. And before I let uh, next level on, um, I'm just going to answer what Ignorant Boxing said. Ignorant Boxing was asking, how well do I think it's going to do? I don't think it's going to do very well. Uh, I think that the fact that it's taking on four separate fight cards on four different platforms and is on pay-per-view. I don't think it's a good look. But we got our fellow uh, Bronxite, I believe, uh, up there in Highbridge, right? Next level, joining nah, us live. Not anymore. <laughs> Before we move on to the top rank conversation, though, uh, one last thing i like to say about Clarissa Shields. She did show that she's very headstrong and that she has a lot of heart because she was down on the bottom uh, of the arm bars and on the bottom of the grappling for a long time. And she just, you could see her breathing and like talking to like She looked like she was talking to herself mentally. Like she was just very composed. And, and I think that's extremely respectable. But let's, let, let's get... Let's... So next level, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you for having, uh, for having me on. And first of all, let me just say, I got to tell these people, all right, that <laughs> I've had a, <laughs> a running, uh, 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 you know, kind of like a adversarial thing, at least for me, with my history, yeah. right? Yeah. Man, yeah. I couldn't handle this bro. I could not stand this man for several reasons, but he gained my respect because he always kept things respectful, and so do I, and he believes that too. The thing is that when I threw heat on him, when I threw heat on him, he would respond intelligently, 
and always gave an opportunity for conversation and response. So, you know, believe me, uh, I, I really uh, appreciate uh, that. And you got a voice from, you got a voice from the heavens, my brother. <laughs> you need to be like, you need to do something with the voice. All right. And uh, yeah, me and Kenny, we were on this platform because we may disagree, but we always want to keep things positive and respectful. So next level, I really salute you for recognizing that we can disagree on things, but brother to brother, like we always have to keep it positive and not like insult and like do the things that you see other people on social media doing. Oh, no, 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 I will tell you that uh, the whole Fidel Castro look. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not a big, you're not a big fan of my boy. Uh, so, well, that, that, that's not a here nor there. Let's get this uh, this contract thing, man. Just, yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. Clarify that first. Teofimo Lopez was always going to go back to top rank because the he it, it the contract never ran out. Some people got confused about the situation. Um, it was just a where. There was an overbid, an outlier, an abnormality caused by Triller's bid. The whole thing that I take home with as far as Teofimo Lopez is that, and I used to like communicate with, with Teofimo, and, uh, um, not that he ever like really responded, but some of his family members, I think it was like, or whatever, I could tell that they were reacting to the things that I was saying. Uh, for example, when there was a question of, um, the whole Devin Haney thing, uh, uh, like who's the, the champion, who's not. I told them, listen, and she reacted to this because she liked the tweet. I said, it's simple. The, that situation with him and Devin Haney is a matter of Devin Haney being a regular champ. The minute that they elevated Tio, they made Devin Haney a regular champ. And as far as somebody ducking Devin Haney, well, this is what happened. They had a tournament in place. Right, that Tio was supposed to be a part of, that uh, Devin Haney, Luke Campbell, I think that guy Fortuna also. Who's mm. about, about all five fighters was in, in, in this in this run for when the WBC belt was um, open, so they was going to have a tournament. Lomachenko wasn't even ranked with the WBC because he was a champion holding a belt to other straps. The minute that the WBC decided to, in essence, have him skip everybody else and go to straight uh, the head of the line to fight Luke Campbell, what was going to happen next was written in stone, right? He was going to get the Luke Campbell thing, and they were going to franchise him. So all these people acting all, like, surprised about things. Like, people, you know, sequence of events matter. And what I see in Twitter, from a lot of boxing fans is that they get a sequence of events. And that gets me to your your friend Kenny, uh, the top ranked hater, Bob Adams, the slave master, blah 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 blah. Doesn't even know what he's talking about. The truth of the matter is this. Eight fights ago you didn't know who 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 Teofimo Lopez was. Unless you were really, really into Yeah. City, because we're we're here in New York City, and he was on the top rank undercards, like in the first or second fight. Exactly. Yes. Eight fights ago, he was eight and no. That's when they that nobody was talking about. Boy, top rank and the guy, to his credit, he 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 talked the talk and walked the walk. Right? Did exactly what he was going to say. I couldn't stand the kid, but the more that he talked and the more that he performed, I was like, wow, this dude is not about just talking because. Right now we're living in an age where it's about tweeting and talking and tweeting and talking and talking and tweeting and nobody really backs up what they say. This dude said what he was going to do, did what he was going to say. So what happened, he was in that tournament of the WBC, right? Once they, franchise, once they put Lomachenko in play with the WBC, what Top Rank did was then say, you know, this kid is talking a lot of nonsense about Lomachenko. They were going to try to make him... Um, the original plan was to have Lomachenko fight Comey. That's why they brought Comey over, right? And they put Comey was was supposedly should have uh, ended up fighting. Uh, who, who did he knock out? Was it like some Japanese guy or something? 
Anyway, the point is, he ends up with this belt. Lomachenko and Teofil beefing. Top rank is noticing that the beef is taking a life of its own because of Teofimo Lopez's performance. So what they do, what they did is they had to deal with belt and pace, which is the, to co-promote Kome, uh, 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 um, right? So they had the deal to co-promote Kome because the Bella, right now, he's a low-bottom feeder as far as pro. He is riding on everybody else's coattails and everybody else's TV deal. And what Taprak does is that you have a great fighter, fine, we'll feed him for you, you can eat off of him, on our show, and we're going to, you know, move along in our platform and put in the fight that we need him. That's how that works. It's eat and let everybody eat. You understand? So then, when Combat gets the, the, the belt, he, was, he went to, 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 uh, to that deal because he was supposed to get Lomachenko. So what happens is that the Lopez fight got hotter. So they said, listen, we're going to give Lopez to Kome, and they offered Lopez to Kome before he was a mandatory for the IBFL. A lot of people don't remember that. Before, they, they said to Richard Kome, they said, you know, we got this kid right here, we're going to pay you extra amount of money to fight this kid. Kome said no to the kid. After that, that's when Kome fought um, uh. I, the, the the fight before he had Lomachenko, he was already a champion. They brought him back to give um, another uh, like a showcase fight for himself, which is Chippey, keeps him vibrant. And then, meanwhile, they give Lomachenko, uh, 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 the kid Lopez, uh, to fight for the mandatory position against Nakatani. Now he's got to earn the fight just to get to Komei, to then get to Lomachenko. Now the interesting thing about this is that all the time, the the original plan for Lomachenko, this is what I'm going to address Kenny. The yeah. original plan for, 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 for Lomachenko was for him to get all those belts and move back down to 130 and then take on Oscar. That's how they were going to move him along. That's why they franchised him because he was supposed to be able to move about freely, not to have to worry about mandatories and this and that and the other. He was going to be able to fight between 130 and 135. Lopez upset the plan. If Top Rank wanted to keep Lopez from being where he is right now, all they had to do was follow through with his plan. But there was no plan. But, but don't you, you said it, though, next level, that you feel that they, they expected Teofimo to lose that fight, right, against, against Lomachenko. Did, no. I, did I get No, you, no. You, That's you, a, you, this is not what I'm saying. What I'm okay. saying what I'm saying is that if they wanted to, they didn't have to make that fight. They didn't have to make that fight. They would have moved Lomach, Lomachenko back down to one thirty and have him fight Oscar Valdez, the Burchells, and set him up something else. Because you know Lomachenko's not really even a hundred thirty five pounder. Lomachenko said, fine. That's when he said uh, Lopez was talking crap about him. It's fight. He broke a belt. Yeah. So the Lopez, Lopez, that's what they offered him to Comey. Comey said no. So then they made Lopez go around the long way by taking Anakani to get Comey to then get back to Lomachenko. But they right. give you the opportunity. At the so end you- of the day, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah. I'm, I was just going to say, you're saying that... So- they gave him the opportunity. He is where he is because of the opportunity top rank. Exactly. 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 If you want to. So a lot of people uh, accuse top rank all the time. They try to. I don't know why they would do this. Try to accuse them all. Oh, they don't make fights. Or they, 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 they don't baby their fighters. They don't. You're going to get your ass. Because they want to know just how good you are. Let, so what's the, what's the case with Terence Crawford? So what is yeah. the case with Terence Crawford? Why hasn't he fought the case Why, the case, Because they can't. They don't control 147th division. If you want to know about the let me tell you something about the PBC. Now, this is a matter of opinion. I'm going to base it on nothing. But first, you got to understand how it is that the PBC took control of 147. Again, it's sequence of events. Sequence of events. The sequence of events was that they had the money match. They had Floyd Mayweather. 
Floyd Mayweather represented a puzzle, a conundrum. When he beat fighters, he beat fists off him. He wasn't known to destroy people and leave them in the corner. Top Rank, on the other hand, had Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is a destructor. Who's going to stop the side of the belt? The money man who, who you just got to solve the puzzle with? Or go and fight uh, 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 Manny Pacquiao? Well, the you thing was, if I remember it, Top Rank used to have Manny fighting like the same guys over and over again. Two guys specifically, uh, Timothy Bradley. Marquez. Times, and Marquez, Marquez and Bradley. Right. But, but, but again, are you really, really, really? Why did Timothy Bradley not sign with PBC? Because he got a great, great contract at the time from Top Rank, from what I remember. Kenny, I, 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 I don't have answers on why people sign contracts, why they don't sign contracts, how people got to sign contracts. you it. should. What I, what, what I have answers on is the fights that I see happening. And Teofimo earned his way to where he's at. Top Rank didn't get him to where he's at. He earned his way by knocking everybody out first round. And he kept on going, knocking them out and talking his shit. I, and, I said and, that and, first. And, I said and, that and, first. And, We're not going to disagree with and that. I, I, I'm that's beside the but, point. But it wasn't top rank that did it. It was Teofimo that did it for himself. It was not top rank. The same way Terrence Crawford my brother, my brother, my brother, you're, Terrence Crawford you're not listening. They were both on the top rank. You're, I'm, you're I'm not, bringing facts to you. I'm bringing facts to you, too. And, again, they didn't have to make that fight. Which part of that are you not understanding? They didn't have to make the Lomachenko-Lopez fight. They could have done what PBC does and wait and not do the fight. How long, how long, how long before PBC started unifying fight, fighters? You know that? Well, I mean, well, we, a long time. We, we, a we, long I see them unifying fights with people all the time. Uh, my, my point now, is, now, if, now, if you want to look on Boxing you see how long each of those fighters were around. And let me tell you something. You could go right on the internet. You get, you get a, 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 a um, print, um, Alberto's comments that even Sean Porter confirmed that there was an an, an um like a, like a like a bulletin to all the, the PPC fighters the 447. Okay, now we're gonna start fighting. We're gonna start putting on real fights. Yeah, I, I, at next level, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time. Top rank has not always been about unifying fights either. Like Bob Arum is very well known for not putting his fighters in unification fights against guys that are outside rank. Like he, am I wrong to say that? Does he not? Has he not historically not, uh, you know, pursue unification? When you say that, when you say that, give an example. I gave one before: Terence Crawford and Manny Pacquiao. I mean, to me, that's the that's the main one of of my recent. Brother, my brother, the, who, the, who was Manny? Left top rank. Yes, at forty something years old. Finally, and then he got to, to go fight. get himself some better Listen, fights. He left top rank because his 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 he was not going to be able to get a PBC a PBC fighter to fight him while with top rank. Because Bob Abram is, is unwilling to agree to certain contracts. Listen, if they did a fifty, no, 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 and and in addition to Teofimo, obviously, um, Ramirez. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you're right about that, Ramirez. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Listen, if you so got a belt, if, bottom line good. is if you and, and so in a way, and in a way, yeah, in a way too. Go ahead. Over over the life of this contract, over yeah. the life of this ESPN deal, they've unified Crawford. They've unified Chamaquito, Lomachenko. They've unified Taylor. That's three. Right off the bat. Undisputed. Yeah, I totally forgot about Chamaquito. Yeah. All right. So this is this perception, but I want to get to this point here. Okay, go ahead. Because 
this is what what it is as far as not as as far as not making a fight happen or this and that and the third. But by the across for you from a table, you are going to pay. The negotiation, you're going to have to hurt both of y'all. That's a negotiation. You got to understand that Manny, uh, what's his name, Mayweather, right? Yeah. Mayweather never pays anyone. Okay, including the the uh, the guy uh, uh, McGregor. Well, including I'm Logan, Paul, a, including Logan Paul. Apparently, exactly, like, doesn't pay anyone. Fifty thousand. Exactly, and the original offer, the original offer for Manny Pacquiao was forty million dollars. Take it, or leave it. The same thing happened with Miguel Cotto. One of the things that Bob Barron says that he's so mad at, at Miguel Cotto. Is because Miguel Cotto had to wait till he, you know, the top, the, the, his top rank deal went down over and then went to uh, uh, Mayweather. Finally, got the Mayweather fight. He got paid sixteen million dollars flat fee when he was the Puerto Rican bringing the Puerto Rican fight. He did not get his fat, his work. So what happens is that Manny Pacquiao, fresh off of being knocked out, knocked out. Brought back the life against a Chris Hardy, you still get forty percent. That's negotiation. Yeah, that's what it is. You understand? So, now McGregor, McGregor, who everybody and their grandmother knows, was the one that was bought the lion's share of the pay per view buys because all those uh, 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 knucklehead uh, uh, um, MMA fans thought that he was going to actually do something against Mayweather. So this he, is true. So say a lot of people. Floyd lose and thought that he would delusionally. Exactly. But, yeah. but he 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 brought he sold that pay per view. His his charisma, his bravado, his thing, his fan base. But they only got twenty five percent of the deal, brother. Mayweather's a motherfucker, bro. Yeah, that's, that's how he makes money. So and but, then the fact you offer a knockout that's forty percent. Are you kidding me? Okay. It's a negotiation key. Let's return this to top rank because you made a very good so case. You made a very good case. Of course case I did. That, of course I did. Hold That's on. All I did. You made a very good case <laughs> that Floyd is expert negotiator. You made a good case that Bob Arum and Top Rank are experts at negotiating, right? They're going to get their worth. They do have unified champs. I do agree with this. Uh, I do think, though, that most of those unified champs have been organized in-house as opposed to uh, – you know, unifications with other fighters. Ramirez, Ramirez is, went to hooker. Ramirez went to hooker on the zone. I was just about to use that one as an example. Okay, so that As one of the very few occasions that have taken place. But I do want to give Kenny an opportunity before we wrap this up to uh, restate any of his, his points about top rank and to uh, rebut anything that, that you just said about why a fighter should sign with top rank. Kenny. I pretty much said a lot of it earlier. Uh, Terrence Crawford is where he is not. He's not where he should be right now because he's with top rank. Um, again, they won't fight him. I they won't fight him. What do you want? I, to, why do you I, want I, I top rank? Right to I did not. Hold up. You're right. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Tiofimo, like I said again, he did it by himself. Bob Arum, as a promoter, he's, he's doing part of what he should be doing. Not even everything what he's doing. He underpays his fighters. Uh, top rank is not the, the, the stable that you want to be at if you want to advance your career. And it is time to go, and we can continue this discussion in our next show next Monday, but it is time to go, and I have a lot to do for the rest of the ne- evening. Next level, let's let's continue this uh, next time, all right? Or we can do a separate No time, my brother. Yes, no problem. Always available. Kenny, Kenny. Thank you. No problem, brother. No problem. Thank you for coming on, man. Number respect to you. My brother. My brother. Ya tu sabes, mi pana. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's next level. He made his case. Uh, uh, Kenny, you made your case. Uh, I think, personally, the top rank does not pursue always these fights across the street, so to speak. Um if you listen to Sean Porter, they offered him a lowball offer. 
Uh, Ramirez did go. So I think there you got examples from each side. I think it depends on the fighter. But I definitely uh, can see uh, why you're saying what you're saying um, uh, with Teofimo Lopez. The only thing I would say about top rank right now is that they do control the belts at 140. And I know that that's where Teofimo wants to go. Uh, Any last thoughts, Kenny, on this or on anything else? Uh, It's been a pleasure being here. We can continue this conversation regarding top rank and PBC and whoever else, whatever other promoters there are out there. We can continue this conversation next week so we can dive deep into it. Absolutely. We'll go into a deeper dive. Thanks, you. Next Level, for joining us live. HLD boxing girl Andre Nando. HLD Tony, always ignorant boxing, major key boxing, Chicano profit, and everyone else that joined us live. Thank you so much. Make sure you tune into Calix Boxing. D Style corrected me. It's Calix Boxing to tune into now. I had said G Funky earlier. It is Calix Boxing tonight. Make sure you check them out. Thank you so much, everyone. This was Mano a Mano Live Monday nights with Kenny T and me, Maestro. Ah, thank you so much.